Hi, and welcome to Soul Powerful Parables, stories of rhyme, reason, and God's truth. I'm your host, Dana Buck. Thanks for listening. And if you like the story, please consider subscribing and give us a five-star rating where you enjoy your podcasts. It really helps us. We'd also love to hear from you, so contact us on Facebook at Soul Powerful Parables. Now, settle in, and let's have a story. Miss Charlene's Fruitcake, a So Powerful Parable by Dana Buck. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. Psalm 145, verse 14 through 16. This charming tale reminds us that Christmas is a time of miracles. And these miracles often come from the most unlikely places. Miss Charlene's Fruitcake, a so powerful parable by Dana Buck. Oh, I don't believe it, came the barely stifled roar from a man in a robe and slippers as he opened his front door. Out to get the paper, he is halted in his tracks by a shiny metal object sitting on the welcome mat. Not again. He rubs the morning stubble on his chin, crouches and retrieves a round and festive metal tin. His name is Harold Hacker, and his wife Lorraine and he live in a quite typical and quaint community. Harold's fit of deja vu develops and unfolds through the brightly colored decorated baking tin he holds. It's heavy in his hands, quite more than it should seem to be. And now he starts to chuckle when he pops the lid to see. Found in that container, something sure to terrify. Sporting nuts and fruit no one can quite identify and baked to a consistency uncommonly achieved, this annual confection isn't carved or sliced, it's cleaved. How could anybody get this darn thing down their throat? Maybe I can use it as an anchor for my boat. Lift the silly thing to give my sagging abs some tone, or put it in the garden as a fancy stepping stone. What you doing, honey? comes a question from within which pauses his amusement with the heavy metal tin. Miss Charlene's been baking. His comedic tone is kept. You'll never guess what she left for us sitting on the step. Oh my. Lorraine responded with her own laugh to partake. Let me guess, a bulging tin of holiday fruitcake? Bingo, and her recipe is getting much more daring. I think she's added nuts and bolts, some horseshoes, and ball bearings. Oh, you. Lorraine cries playfully. You know her heart is good, baking her fruitcakes for the entire neighborhood. She hasn't missed a Christmas, ever, all these many years. That's a lot of effort and a lot of Yuletide cheer. If only we had saved them, Harold says, and kept them all. 
I'd have the means to finish up that new retaining wall. Very funny. <laughs> she responds, a giggle in her throat. You put that in the kitchen while I write a thank you note. All around the neighborhood, each household on the street woke to find their front step held this same holiday treat. And though reactions varied from bewildered to amused, never would this grand tradition ever be refused. For everyone loves Miss Charlene, the matron of the street. All the kids know she's a soft touch when you want a treat. Mothers seek her sage advice, she's honest and transparent. Dads enjoy her friendly smile, she's everyone's grandparent. She quilts, crochets, adores ballet, her favorite is Swan Lake. But what's her real passion? Miss Charlene, she loves to bake. Her popovers, fantastic. Her strudel, it's superb. Cookies, pie, Give them a try, delicious is the word. So therein lies the mystery, grand puzzler of the planet. Why then is her fruitcake like a solid piece of granite? Well, before we chase that question in the balance of our rhyme, remember miracles are standard fare at Christmas time. We pick up with Lorraine, who's standing at her mailbox, reading through a letter that must carry some hard knocks. Her mouth is tight and puckered. There's a furrow in her brow. She's stifling a comment her good manners won't allow. As this act of self-control, those naughty phrases block, Miss Charlene approaches as she takes her morning walk. How are you, dear Lorraine? My, my, this morning is divine. It's then that Miss Charlene can see there's something on her mind. Darling, what's the trouble? Has some matter gone astray? My mother always warned, beware your face might freeze that way. This brought self-conscious laughter and a sighing from Lorraine, who said, Oh, Miss Charlene, is my anxiety that plain? We've just received a letter Harold's mother sent along. She's coming to spend Christmas. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Her bare and bitter sarcasm was caught by Miss Charlene, who asked, Is she a problem? Is she difficult or mean? It isn't that, exactly. Nothing nasty or abrupt. It's just a nagging feeling that I just don't measure up. Ever since we met, and every moment in between, I've sensed her disapproval, disappointment, Miss Charlene. Could Harold have done better? Found someone more suitable? A better cook? A better wife? More poised? More beautiful? Uh, it's childish. It's awful. I don't like to feel this way, but it's always such a trial when Harold's mother comes to stay. Miss Charlene embraced Lorraine, a warm, consoling hug. Is there something I can do? Lorraine smiles with a shrug. Oh, Miss Charlene, I love your heart. 
your gracious, helpful spirit. <laughs> if you've got a thought or plan, I'd surely love to hear it. In fact, I do, said Miss Charlene, her eyes bright and alive. Does her letter also tell you when she will arrive? Let me see, commenced Lorraine. She quick perused the text. Oh my, she comes the 23rd. That's just day after next. Don't worry, dear. Trust Miss Charlene. We've got sufficient time to put in action an idea that I have in mind. Don't you fret a moment longer. I'll come by tomorrow, and maybe we can turn to joy this little piece of sorrow. Lorraine felt something magical and wonderful unlock as Miss Charlene embraced her and then continued down the block. Morning turns to evening and then back to day again. We find Lorraine is up and busy vacuuming the den. Above the whirring motor, as she moves across the floor, she hears the rap-rap-rap of someone knocking at the door. Switching off the vacuum and then stowing the machine, she opens the front door to find a smiling Miss Charlene. Hello, Lorraine, my darling. Are you ready to discover the way we're going to captivate, beguile Harold's mother? Welcome, Miss Charlene. I'm hoping, count on and believe, that you have got a great idea tucked up in your sleeve. Indeed I do, said Miss Charlene, and nodded to her bag, a heavy, bulging, awkward thing she carried and half-dragged. Let's head into the kitchen and together do the deed. I've brought along a thing or two. Yes, everything we'll need. And so Lorraine and Miss Charlene moved through the kitchen door. The weighty bag made quite a thud when she set it on the floor. Lorraine was all a quiver. Oh, Miss Charlene, I'm so excited. Can you now reveal to me the plan to be ignited? You've heard it said the perfect way to capture a man's heart is through his stomach? <laughs> well, that's true, but here's the secret part. That strategy not only works with men's voracious jaws, it's also how you melt the ice with cold mothers-in-law. Bake her something heavenly, delectable, and grand. Then she'll warm up to you and be putty in your hands. Miss Charlene is right. Lorraine felt hopefulness unfold. She'll offer Harold's mother something tasty, something bold. And Miss Charlene's the master of delicious baked confections. That is, of course, with one familiar notable exception. Don't tell me. Giddy, said Lorraine. Please let me try to guess. Mm, is it pastry? Gingerbread? A cobbler? Crepe Suzette? Something else, said Miss Charlene. My mother's recipe. A treasure she got from her mother in the old country. It's really rather simple, but it's sure to do the trick. My mother used to leave this on a plate for old Saint Nick. Let's get started, for this prize can take some time to bake. And when we're done, you'll have a loaf of Miss Charlene's fruit cake.
Lorraine felt her expression freeze. Her smile was stiff and forced. Uh, what is that? She stammered as panic threw her course. Why, Miss Charlene, you gave us one. Remember, on our step? Her plea fell like a lead balloon, deflated and inept. Oh, that, responded Miss Charlene. Well, it will never do. I created that one. We need a fruitcake made by you. Let's get busy. Then she chirped and bustled with insistence as poor Lorraine saw Christmas joy receding in the distance. Soon the task of baking was accomplished and complete with a loaf of fruitcake resting neath a clear cellophane sheet. Miss Charlene had talked Lorraine right through the recipe. Lorraine had worn a bright veneer which hid her misery. Packing up her shoulder bag, the joyful Miss Charlene said, That should firm up nicely into holiday cuisine. I think that Harold's mother will be pleasantly surprised and see you, dear Lorraine, with more appreciative eyes. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Charlene. Lorraine then walked her to the door. Miss Charlene responded, Darling, that's what friends are for. And when the door was closed, Lorraine could feel her failure itching. She hung her head in apathy and headed toward the kitchen. There it sat, as heavy as her husband's bowling ball. Uh, well, Harold has another brick for his retaining wall. She moved the fruitcake to the counter and let frustration take her, and sighing slid it out of sight behind the coffee maker. Harold's mother came next day just as her letter said, settling in the guest room, put her suitcase on the bed. Lorraine tried to be helpful, welcome her into their home, yet still perceived the distance found in Harold's mother's tone. After having dinner and a movie on TV, Harold's mother yawned, got slowly up from the settee. I am tired from my travel, and I'm quite the sleepyhead. Good night to you, my dears. I think I'm going off to bed. Lorraine was up and talking faster than she ought to be. Do you need more pillows? Extra blanket? Cup of tea? Thank you, dear. But no. Good night. She moved to take her leave. Okay. Lorraine returned. Sleep well. Tomorrow's Christmas Eve. As Harold's mother went to bed, Lorraine felt sorrow's pinch. <sighs> I need an ending like a Christmas carol or the Grinch. But neither Charles Dickens or old Dr. Seuss were there. Just Harold, as he slumped and snored unconscious in his chair. Yet Christmas has a way of turning gravel into gold. We just need to have some faith and watch it all unfold. 
Next morning found Lorraine awake, the sun just barely up. Her only instinct was to put some coffee in a cup. She donned and tied her robe, left Harold in his morning coma. Had started for the kitchen when she caught a fine aroma. The scent of fresh brewed coffee hung distinctly in the air, growing in allure as she continued down the stairs. Twas then a sound came to her, and it brokered no denying. The catching breaths and muted sighs was someone softly crying. Feeling fair alarmed, Lorraine proceeds to have a look, then spies Harold's mother sitting in their breakfast nook. Coffee cup before her and a crumb-filled empty plate, but also on the little table, Miss Charlene's fruitcake. A piece was clearly missing, maybe even two or three. Harold's mother then looks up, self-conscious cries, Oh, dear me! I'm sorry, dear, for crying. And she quickly dabbed her eyes. I also fear I've gone and spoiled your wonderful surprise. My surprise? Replied Lorraine. Confusion starts to take her. Yes, I stumbled on it when I moved the coffee maker. I know I should have waited till we three were reunited. But I recognized that fruitcake and I just got so excited. When I was a little girl, I lived in Hungary. The war had left us destitute, my mother, dad, and me. Food was so uncertain, and our house was but a shell. Christmas wasn't coming for us that year, I could tell. But something wondrous happened. Mama somehow found a way to gather the ingredients for fruitcake Christmas Day. There we sat together, just as thankful as can be, and dipped that lovely fruitcake in our steaming cups of tea. Lorraine then sat beside her, felt the dawn of recognition. You say you dipped your fruitcake? Yes, it's our Christmas tradition. To stand up to the dipping, Mother baked it dense and thick. We'd also leave a plate and cup especially for St. Nick. I haven't had this treasure since I was a little girl. Hungary is the only place it's baked in all the world. She fixed her gaze upon Lorraine and gently took her hand. And yet, somehow, some way, you knew. How magical, how grand. Lorraine then thought of Miss Charlene, her heart and spirit skipping. That is why it's baked so firm. It's specially made for dipping. Harold's mother slowly rose, retrieved a coffee cup, grasped the waiting, steaming pot, and carefully filled it up. Of course, I'm now American, and coffee is my choice. A lilting tone so intimate had now infused her voice. Returning to her chair, she set the cup before Lorraine. Now I want to listen to you wonderfully explain. Lorraine, she answered playfully. (laughs) 
I'm somewhat of a cheater. You see, I have a special friend. I so want you to meet her. From that morning forward, their relationship, it flourished. A simple, humble fruitcake served to feed what was malnourished. Isn't that just like our God? He sees round every corner and turns to joyful celebrants, we temporary mourners. If you're feeling blue this Christmas, need some saving grace, I think you'll likely find it in the most unlikely place. God's specialty, the unforeseen, of this I can attest, offering up a miracle that no one could have guessed. So dip a piece of fruitcake in your coffee laced with cream, then go employ some Christmas joy, just like our Miss Charlene. Poor fruitcake. The holiday confection that has become the poster child for the inedible and the butt of Christmas humor. Was there ever a more unforeseen hero for a Christmas story? Over and over in scripture, God specializes in the unlikely and overlooked to fulfill his purposes. And nowhere is this more evident than the story of Christmas. Mary was just a young, anonymous teenager when she was selected by God to carry and birth the Messiah. Joseph was a simple carpenter from Nazareth, a town not so well thought of in its day. In the words of the Apostle Nathaniel, can anything good come from Nazareth? And the birthplace of the Savior of the world? A castle? A palace? No a lowly stable with an animal trough for a cradle and shepherds for attendance. God was clearly demonstrating that we shouldn't look for him in the things and places our earthly society would tell us are great or valuable. Scripture tells us that God chose the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27. I encourage you this Christmas to look for God in the little things, to seek his love and presence, especially in the simple and unadorned aspects the season has to offer. For if you do, I suspect you are in for a wonderful encounter with the God who promises you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Miss Charlene's Fruitcake was written and narrated by Dana Buck. Additional voices were provided by Bethany Segrist, Patty Stevens, Andrea Cherry, and Jordan Miles. Devotional thoughts were narrated by Kim Pratt, and this episode was produced by Beneath Blue Skies Productions. So Powerful Parables is a ministry of So Powerful, a nonprofit organization dedicated to empowering women and girls and combating extreme poverty in the African country of Zambia. To find out more, 
visit our website at soulpowerful.org. Also, check out our books, So Powerful Parables and We Are So Powerful, both available on Amazon. All proceeds from the sale of these books go to support the work of our ministry. And finally, check out our other podcast, The So Powerful Podcast, featuring interviews with those who have been touched by this special organization. Until next time, may your life always be filled with beautiful rhymes. <laughs>